and welcome to Backing Paper for another lovely Sunday in Windy Britain, but not just Windy Britain, in also Windy Oh, Now listen, I'm going to get this right first time. Ah, uh, Delaware? No, it's not Delaware. In Windy Portland? No, it's not. Uh, Eric, where are you again? I am in uh, cloudy Seattle right now. It's it's a rare cloudy day for us. <laughs> cloudy Eric in cloudy Seattle. But oh, thank goodness to blow those clouds away. We have Eric's wonderful co-host from the All Through a Lens podcast. Welcome back, Vanya. Hey. <laughs> hey. Um, Yay. <laughs> Where are you, Vanya? Uh, Los Angeles. Uh, is it cloudy in Los Angeles? It's never cloudy in Los Angeles. <laughs> or Philadelphia, as far as I understand. It's never cloudy in Los Angeles, and it's follow-up show, always sunny in Philadelphia. Um, no Rachel this week, which is why I've had to bring on these two amazing people to join me, um, because obviously, you know, there's a, there's a big shoes to fill. Not that Rachel has big feet, just that she likes to wear big shoes. Um, she takes two <laughs> steps before she moves one step forward. It's a weird habit that she has. Um, we have got some great emails to get through this week, so I needed a, a quality team here to help me um but before we get but instead you got us (laughs) listen it was short notice i did the best i could sometimes you go with sometimes you go with the best sometimes you go with what's available you know a little bit uh vanya was the best you were available that's what we got um how are you guys doing i i'm doing very well vanya how are you doing i'm doing very good. Very, very well. I don't, I mean, <laughs> so convincing. I, yeah. I asked Vanya this question, just as a casual question before we started recording, and the, the response felt very much like I'd just asked for an appraisal on her life so far. I was like, well, I think it's going okay. Uh, you know, some ups, some downs. Um, but, you know, I'm feeling confident about the second half, and it'll all be good. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's good. Um, you guys now... Not just one podcast. You've also got your All Through a Lens podcast, but you're also doing The Dev Party, which is a public service podcast where we get to listen in <laughs> lifetime to how badly things can go wrong in the dark yes, room. And absolutely. Um, hear what disappointment sounds like, <laughs> I, uh, which is always a treat. Uh, recommended listening if you have not, you know, drunk a lot in the near past uh, or are in the car for a long journey because there's lots of running water sounds. <laughs> there is, yeah. If you find yourself unable to pee for whatever reason... We got you covered. <laughs> Do you save up your dodgiest roles for the dev party? So you're like, well, let's see if this comes out. Or is it just happenstance that it's gone so we badly wrong? Only so shoot times? dodgy roles. <laughs> it's interesting because when we don't record, everything turns out perfect. And then when we decide to record, <laughs> that's when disaster usually happens. I'm that's true. Listening to you. So when you're recording, obviously you're... I suppose when you once you get to a certain stage, it's all in light tight tanks anyway. Are you uh, using like a video call or are you just listening to each other whilst you're working? Because it, it sounds like you're in the same space, but obviously you aren't because you're in cloudy. Uh, no, let me see. <laughs> and you're in cloudland and, and Vanya's in sunland. Um, yes. So are you just listening to each other or can you see each other what you're doing? Well, um, we just use the phone. You just use the phone. Just use the phone and then record on like separate recorders. Yep. 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 The uh, the old fashioned phone, rotary dial, <laughs> coiled cord. I would I'm in a closet you, so dad right? doesn't hear me, you know. <laughs> um you've actually been doing, Eric, normally over winter, you just kind of shut down and go into hibernation like a 
um, squirrel in many ways, like a squirrel. Um, you've hoarded yeah, your nuts, exactly. and now you're going to go and hide yeah. for a bit. Um, but you've been out shooting a bit this winter, I suspect, largely prompted by Vanya. Um, how's that going for you? It's going okay. Um, I've taken two accidental hikes and have <laughs> only had my life somewhat in peril once. So I think uh, I'm doing pretty good. Well, what's an accidental <laughs> hike? Well, it's a, an accidental hike is, well, here's an example. I was on a bluff and I looked down to the water and thought it would be nice if I could be down there. And so I found what I thought was a path, but it turned out to be a stream that was dry. So I walked and then fell a bit of the way. <laughs> and then I got down to the beach and I was like, oh my God, this is so beautiful. And I looked back up at the at the bluff from where I was. And I was like, I can't get back up there. <laughs> so I figured the beach, the bluff has to end at some point. And so I walked and it did, but it was, a, it was a long walk, but it's really a beautiful walk. Uh, that's, and the tide not coming in, I assume. Well, see, that was a, that was an issue that I thought I might have if the walk was too long, <laughs> but thankfully there was a low tide. That that is thankful. Yeah. You you didn't get your bluff called. Hey guys. <laughs> hey. Oh wow. Uh, okay. Well, listen. I tried. Uh, Vanya, how's your shooting lately been going? What have you been up to? Well, usually this is kind of a busy time. Just we get better waves and swell. So I've been trying to shoot in the water as much as possible. Um, you know, we don't really exactly have a winter here, so I don't really hunker down. Mostly I hunker down in the summertime when people come for holiday and every, you know, every place is really, really busy. So this is kind of like my most active time. And yeah, so just kind of, you know, I was sick last week and now I'm, I'm feeling much better. So just trying to get back on track. We have some projects that we're doing for the podcast and it's just, it's been a lot of fun. We work well together, and um, we haven't run out of ideas yet, so yay. <laughs> <laughs> that's good to hear. Well, that's tempting for you. Yeah, yeah, you're giving it a week. Um, <laughs> one other thing, like, surfing is your hobby, photography is your hobby. How do you balance that out when you're actually out there shooting? Because you can't, well, I mean, you can't do both properly at once. Um, so how do you get the best out of both of those hobbies? Are you just going, okay, I'm going to go and actually surf for a bit and enjoy the surfing and just put the cameras down and then go, okay, now this next block of time or how does that work for you? Yeah, kind of basically that uh, depends I call it like being selfish, basically. <laughs> the last time I, I did it, I, I swam out there with my camera and shot about like half a roll and the waves just got better. And I was like, oh God, I really just want to get my surfboard. So that's what I did. I just mm -hmm. walked back up to my car, dropped the camera off and grabbed my surfboard and surf for a little bit. I mean, if it's, if it's small enough where I can just kind of like mess around and have fun, I'll bring... A, like a little compact camera with me and like stick it in my wetsuit and shoot a, when I'm sitting out there waiting for waves. Yeah. So I can do like a little bit of both. But uh, when it's really big, I really like to at least try to get through like the entire roll if possible before surfing or vice versa. So Yeah. yeah that must be frustrating because I would guess like the best pictures of the best people doing the coolest stuff on the surf, as, on the surf must make you feel like, oh, why am I not out there having fun on that surf? Um, yeah, 
Yeah, but also sometimes it's good because I'm like, I'm just going to, you know, they're going to catch a bunch of waves and get tired and then I'm going to come back out here and get mine. So <laughs> there's that too. <laughs> yeah, as long as you get yours, that is the main thing. <laughs> um, I need to pull you guys up uh, because on the last episode of yours, I think it was the last episode, certainly the last one I listened to, so I think it was the second one. No, I guess. Um, the, <laughs> the, you had a show all about box cameras. Which is great, because I love box cameras. Um, but I've got a few points that I just needed to, to discuss. I've already yelled at you about this, so you know what's coming. First of all, I don't, I'm not entirely sure Vanya knows what box camera is, because your definition of a box camera, Vanya, at no point included the word, it's a box. In fact, it actively described cameras that weren't a box. said some of these are folding. You're like, no, that's not. Um, uh, and I think, would you actually care to give your description of what a box camera is again? Can you remember <laughs> what you said? I can't remember exactly, but basically a shitty camera. <laughs> <laughs> a, a basic camera that you can't change anything on, just has one button. It's like, well, my Vivitar Ultra Wide and Slim is a box camera. Um, <laughs> and I think you were saying you got an email saying, well, is my Holger a box camera? Well, apparently. Yes. Um, what was your answer to that, Vanya? The, huh? the, is a Holger a box camera? No, I wouldn't say that the Holga is a box camera. Okay, but why? But, the, okay, but. The Mako, go on. So, like, that waterproof camera I got recently, the Mako Shark, which was made in the 50s. Yes. It's it's round, but <laughs> I would consider that a box camera. <laughs> nope, that's a ball camera. That is a ball camera. Put that in the ball camera pile. Um, the ball camera. Listen, I, I appreciate that it is very 2020 to be able to go... Yeah, I don't. I just don't see shape. Um, but you know, it's we have to respect these cameras' identities, not just box wash them all. Because um, uh, and also like your fact, your your fact that you said that um, and that they need to be very simple and nothing. To, you know, it's like no, because some of these box cameras were really good. Uh, and this yeah. was my my other point of contention. That I blame on Eric mostly. Um, Wait, is the fact that in a conversation about box cameras. The Zeiss Icon Tangled got no mention, and that is like the Rolls Royce of uh, box cameras. That's one Swish box camera, and you didn't even mention it. We talked about it during like, like compiling the episode, like and writing and all that. I don't know why it didn't make it in. Is this because you were anti German bias? <laughs> uh, that must be it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <think> yeah. So. <laughs> Because um, it was when I even mentioned it, I must have mentioned it somewhere like on Instagram because like, a few people like were talking to me about it. So it was it was definitely in the conversation, but I don't think it made the cut and I don't know why. Yeah, I'm I would blame the editor. say that it was Eric and he just edited it out. That's yeah. what happened. That seems believable yeah. to me because I, I was <laughs> listening to all the listener call-ins and um, they were going, oh yeah, uh, the best, my favorite box camera is the Agfa Clack or the something. And like, what, what are you... <laughs> What are you people doing? <laughs> These are not good box cameras. I mean, sure, they're fun, but that's like, say, my, you know, my favorite camera is the Holger. Who would say, who would say that? Well, the question was, which, what would you recommend? Yeah. Well, yeah. That makes it even worse, doesn't it? What would you recommend? The, the bad ones. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, because I, I, I've got um, uh, a Zeiss Icon. I think I've got two, actually, of two slightly different vintages. And yeah, those are they're good cameras. Um, they've got. Yeah, I really want one. Yeah, they Swish. Did they... Um, did they get over to the states very much? No, no. Yeah, anytime you see one listed, it's generally over in Europe somewhere. Oh, that's a sad thing. Oh well, it is. You have to come visit. 
Don't go to Nebraska. Just, come, just to, box uh, come to the UK instead. Oh, easy. Easy trip. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah. Let's do it. See the road trip. <laughs> well, plane trip, I guess, mostly. <laughs> well, now we're up to date with auto. Oh, incidentally, my week this week, uh, I've, I've done oh, some yes. film. <laughs> I did that. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, oh, was I, it was it a success? Yeah, it was. Um, I can't. When did I do it? I, I, can't, I can't remember whether I mentioned this. I, I've had some a few rolls of color film. Um, now, I, we're going to come on to your special ECN two special stuff that you do, it, but you mix up your own chemicals for color film developing. Um, and have you started using those as well, Navanya? I have a little. I'm going to mix some. I think today actually we're going yeah. to develop. Ooh. The, the problem I always have with color developing is that I don't shoot I don't shoot enough of any film, but especially not color film. Um, so whenever I buy a kit, it always goes bad before I get a chance to use it. So I find yep. myself hoarding film, waiting until I've got enough to do something. And then you can just be waiting months and months and months before you see anything. Um, mm-hmm. And because of the Cheap Shots Challenge, I had a roll of film and I, I've got to get this developed. And... The cheapest colour film kits in this country, by the time you paid for shipping, are just under £40. So, it's, yeah, it's quite wow. a lot. When I only had four rolls of film waiting to go, and I knew that it would then be months before I shot any more, and it'd probably go bad, and yada, yada, yada. Um, anyway, fortunately, uh, my friend Rory, um, he bought a two-and-a-half-litre colour-developing kit as his first kit. Um, I think he thought, well, the more the merrier. Uh, and so I, <laughs> I, I helped him mix it up, and then also I just bought... <laughs> I bought 500 milliliters worth of it for him. Like that'll do me. Um, so uh, that's hilarious. Yeah, you know, it's like the cooperative um, workflow with this. But yeah, it seems all right. It's I think it's the Tetanol kit, which is I guess probably the most widely used one. Um, I think I overagitated the first batch though because I shot some Lomo 800, and um, I know that's that's pretty punchy at the best of times but i think i might have slightly overcooked that but um yeah it's good uh, i've shot a roll of psych blues uh, that i developed today um what is it psych blues so it's oh, the psychedelic blues right? yeah. yeah yeah have you ever shot that vanya i have really what yes. do you think there i've i've not scanned it all through yet so <laughs> um you know i guess i've decided that i'm not really a big fan on trick film yeah no, but I, it looks it's it's interesting and fun uh but i think just like i think i'm okay with just maybe like cross-processing some like old film and cool with that yeah yeah so interesting and fun two things you hate <laughs> well that's, that's why you're such a great I'm team trying eric. to be nice <laughs> trying to be nice eric <laughs> not trying to be rude it's no, interesting I, I, and, I, wait you you say i'm interesting and fun are you are you saying that? <laughs> yeah, that's what. Um, oh man, yeah, I, I've I've scanned it about half the roll, and the effects are fun, but I think they do, you know, this that thing of until you develop it, you just don't know what you're going to get at all. And it, yeah, I'm. This is the first roll of special effect film other than Red Scale, which I don't think is quite the same because you know what Red Scale is going to do. Um, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it's fun. Um, but maybe not. Maybe not my thing. But it's cool. <laughs> nice to try it. Anyway, yeah. should we do some emails? I feel like we've probably prevaricated <laughs> enough. Let's do some yes. emails. We have many, many fine emails. Um, okay. Uh, I'll take this first one because I'll leave the long one for you next, Eric. Um, oh, the first one so is uh, 
on fog reduction from J.M. Golding, uh, our good friend J.M. Golding, who writes in, Hi Sunnies, on today's backing paper, Graham asked about ways to reduce base fog when developing old film. I've heard that when stand developing old film in Rodnell, adding a little borax helps with this. I poked around online and found the article by Patrick Gaynor at the bottom of this page, and there's a link which I'll include from the unblinking eye. Um, I've been adding one gram of borax to Rodnell, diluted 1 to 100, when I stand develop very old film. But my borax is probably more than 20 years old itself, so it's hard to tell whether it helps. It could be worth an experiment though. Possibly. I like all the provisors in this. Uh, as always, many thanks for all you do from JM. Thank you very much for that. Um, some good advice, Borax. Eric, you deal a lot in old film. Um, thoughts on fog and how to control it? Because I've got, as I mentioned last week, this old HP5, and it just does have um, base fog. You know, it's, it's just there. Yeah. Best way of dealing with it. Uh, sometimes you can't. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, if, like if it's old Sfema film from like the, the 90s or something, sometimes you just, there's nothing you can do about it. Sometimes it's too far gone. There's nothing that's going to take away fog completely. But I always use HC110 as a developer for old film, and it does help compared to uh, developing the same stock in like Rodinol. Got mm. you. I have never added Borat uh, and then <laughs> insert a, my wife joke here. Uh, I've never, I've never done that. But uh, if 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 my borax was twenty years old, I would just get new borax. It might be fine, but I mean, is borax expensive in wherever JM Golding lives? Uh, I don't think. I think JM Golding's in California. Is uh, is okay. it expensive in California? I don't know. I doubt it. Everything is. Expensive it comes from in California, California, so it shouldn't be. Borax is, is is made in California or mined or milled. Uh, there you go. <laughs> I don't. Borax. I don't know. Um, you uh, you mentioned what is it in um, HC one ten that reduces the fog? I do not know. Oh, I thought. I saw. I, I thought a, at some point. I have a feeling it's. You... I have a feeling it's borax. <laughs> <laughs> or borax. I don't know. Actually, though, I don't know. I'm fine. I should yeah. know that. I would imagine that since um, getting uh, into this relationship with Eric, <laughs> which is a lovely way of putting it, um, <laughs> he's fobbed off some dodgy old film on you. Uh, oh, for sure. Uh, did he give you any good advice on how to treat it, or was he like, "Good luck"? <laughs> uh, he does. No, he does actually help me a lot but most of the time he had it was before i had hc 110 so mm -hmm. he sent me a bunch of film and i was like okay i just finished this role how do i develop it and he's like hc 110 i'm like yeah okay fine i'll get it um <laughs> this was spread out over a month or so so this is the <laughs> compact version of the story it was me telling her to get hc 110 and her going i don't want to do that i'm not doing that and actively just saying no i'm absolutely not doing that i have a problem with people telling me what to do <laughs> even when she asks for me. advice <laughs> um but now i like it i like hc 110 i like the fact that you just have to mix what you need and I don't have to like do large batches of chemicals that go bad anymore. I wish there was a way to do that with color because that would solve your problem as well. So then you can just do, you know, 500 milliliters or whatever at a time of color and uh, not have to worry about it going bad. 
Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more with that. I'm, I, I'm a big fan of HG110. The only problem I have with HG110 is that um, because you do it a little bit at a time and it goes a really long way, I mean, you need six millilitres, milli, yeah, millilitres to develop one roll of 35 mil, which is really not very much when you buy a litre bottle of it. Um, and I've got the old thick gloopy stuff which is not Ooh. easy to work with, especially when you're measuring no. out six millimeters. Are you guys using the newer um, formulation of that? We are. Oh, I'm using the generic version of that. I and am that's too. real watery. Yeah. So the, By, uh, is it Legacy who puts it out? Oof, I don't know. I don't have the bottle in front of me. Is it ID uh, 11 something? I don't know. I don't know. I so, can't remember. So is yours a thick, <laughs> is it fairly thick and goopy like the um, Kodak HG110? No. no. It's nice watery. It, it's about the same consistency as, as water. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, that sounds easier. Yeah. Well, and the, the, the chemical in HC110 that uh, cuts fogging is polyvinyl pyrolidone. Oh, PVD. I love that one. Yeah. yeah. It tastes great on toast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Take that, millennials. <laughs> um, cool. Thank you for looking at that, Barry. Um <laughs> Yeah, well, I, you know, once I've got to the bottom of this bottle of uh, HC110 in the year 2030 <laughs> at current rate, <laughs> um, I look forward to getting a slightly more watery one because, yeah, it's difficult measuring out to the millimetre when one drop can take <laughs> what feels like five minutes to roll down the side of a um, tube. Anyway, um, Eric, do you want to take yes. this next one titled A Repair Legacy from our good friend Christian Strauff? Absolutely. Dear Sunbeams, thank you and Juho very much for the very interesting and engaging last episode. The Camera Rescue Project does a very valuable job for the community. Apart from the rescuing of cameras, I suspect that, a f that in a few years, the camera technicians of Camera Rescue will be v a valuable source of information for people who want to seriously repair cameras as opposed to trivial servicing like replacing light seals, etc. And having just done that, I'm sorry, not trivial. It is trivial. What did you? My guess is. What did you repair the light, replace the light seals on, Eric? An RB67. Ooh, yeah, that doesn't sound trivial. <laughs> no, like it was horrible. Like... I would rather have a root canal. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that bad. A root canal? No, replacing the seals. You're being dramatic. Then, then I'll send. Like, then I'll send. Wow. All right. Anyway, <laughs> my guess is that at that time, most of the older persons who use the service cameras for the manufacturers will stop doing it, and will have. Uh, and, and we'll have trouble finding qualified repair technicians unless someone educates the very next generation of technicians. I second what Juho said about uh, camera repairs. It's very difficult if you want to develop skills beyond quick fixing a camera. And I also second his estimate concerning the amount of rubbish that floats around on the internet about camera repairs. My favorite is repairing the Canon AE-1 squeak squeak by spraying wd-40 into the body oh, yeah, no. wd-40 is not a lubricant no it is a solvent yes. please stop using it as a lubricant sorry pet peeve <laughs> i don't know why it's pet peeve of mine anything it really sets me off yeah don't don't use it even in a pinch uh, find something else <laughs> I'm pleased to hear that Camera Rescue is looking into educating people in the field of repairing cameras. We really need correct camera repair know-how. One of my fears is that, as is the case with old cameras, the equipment used for higher-level camera diagnostics will eventually die. 
at the same at, at some point in the future, just like the technicians. It will be necessary to build the more sophisticated tools from scratch that do more than just plain shutter testing. There, there, are, there are a number of. Pro- I'm sorry. I'm, uh, bubble in my bloodstream uh there's a number of projects that use modern tools like oh man arduinos arduinos Arduinos, etc to give people a chance to assess their camera's health e.g with shutter testers and there's a a, actually a footnote (laughs) the footnote reads um hang on i'll read the footnote as a (laughs) just for fun project i designed a primitive shutter tester myself a while ago and made the design and code open source so that anyone interested can try it and he has a link to that which will be actually kind of cool thank you uh just use your favorite search engine and look for arduino camera tester or similar and you'll be surprised how many cool projects you'll find i really hope that talented people will build more sophisticated diagnostic tools that can uh, that can eg help calibrating a light meter uh, or infinity focus of a lens etc and make them open source we have heaps of cheap microcontrollers and sensors today that should help with the task thanks again for the informative sorry thanks again for the information packed episode and also thanks to juho for sharing his insights into a field that he's obviously very passionate about cheers christian <laughs> Well done, is there Eric. a second footnote, or was that this, this, was there a part B to that footnote that I didn't read? Uh, no, I think that's fine. That's uh, that's all okay. good. I think you got all, the, all in there. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Um, what's the camera repair situation like for you guys? Like, uh, are there good people around? When the camera breaks, you get a new one on eBay. Oh, not, <laughs> not good then. No, no, I have a I have a a guy that helps with the. I don't know if you guys say. Nikonos or Nikonos. Um, he's local. He lives like in Sun Valley and he's super helpful. I've actually like called him on the phone and he's kind of like walked me through a few things to check on my camera before. I would really actually like to have him on the podcast. That would be really fun. But he's the sure, only person that uh, I know. Hold on, that. Graham. We're just going to take some time and plan our next episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Um, oh, has fear of a camera breaking down ever stopped you from buying a particular type of camera have you ever thought oh, i really want one of those but i'm not confident that if something goes wrong i can get it sorted i shoot exactas exclusively <laughs> okay. so I, no, about I do not understand away. that fear <laughs> i no. can't believe you're still on the exacta train oh and i can't believe the train's well, still running frankly but i can't believe you're still on that train i i sent two of them to vanya no yeah. oh, lucky you I shot with one yesterday. How was that? Uh, it is. <laughs> I cannot talk about this. <laughs> I mean, would would crappy be a word that you'd feel comfortable using? <laughs> no. Well, so like, the problem I had was <laughs> that when I shot the frame, I didn't cock the camera all the way, so. <laughs> All God. the frames were overlapping each other. Oh, nice. Yes. That's a recurring theme, isn't it? Didn't you do that with your box camera as well? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so ex- ex- I, you just ex- really yes. need to, you know, it has a a long... Throw. Yes. <laughs> throw. That's the word. We could not That's think of a, a word that you could use in mixed company that would explain the problem. 
<laughs> well, I mean, you already used cock. I mean, I don't think you've got much worse to go. Um, so hang on, you're telling me that with the uh, these cameras, you can half wind them and it will then let you fire the shutter? Yeah. That seems, to be fair, that seems like a problem that is not your fault, Vanya. Uh, I don't know, I, I don't think I know any other, like, SLR type cameras that will let you half cock the shutter and then fire it, but... Well, um, to be fair, we don't know that that was the case yet. No, I'm We're still sure investigating the problem. Oh, well, I'm developing today, so I'll let you know. <laughs> we'll, we'll, is this going to be a recorded dev party episode? No. Uh, is it? No. I, uh, apparently, maybe. <laughs> maybe. I never know I what I'm know. doing. Listen, you don't, want to, you don't want your listeners to miss out on the disappointment you get to share. Um, <laughs> okay, well, that's cool. All right. This next email is from uh, Anthony, also known as Dank Spangle, which is a lovely name. Um, yes. So Mr. Spangle <laughs> writes in, say, ahoy. <laughs> ahoy, Mr. Spangle. Uh, it was very lovely to meet you, uh, Graham, uh, again, because I met him twice, um, in Oxford at the weekend and all the other, oops, clunk, <laughs> photographers. Flo really liked it too. Uh, Flo is Mr. Spangle's daughter, um, mini Spangle, um, especially after she got fed. There were <laughs> some complaints before she got fed, I can confirm. <laughs> I've got some more pinhole pics, doubtless lots of pics that are half pavement, um, because that's what happens when you shoot from the ground up, um, to come, but they are still in the camera. It'll be a few days before I finish the film and get them processed. And I've got a roll of FP4 in my Canon to get processed. There should be a couple of portraits of you in there. It says, fogging the film even as I type. I'm hoping that's an autocorrect from developing the film, deving the film. Because if he's fogging it in the hope of just blanking out my face, that seems rude. <laughs> and uncalled for. <laughs> I have a very pretty face. Um, despite the fact that all cameras indicate otherwise. Uh, you've probably covered it in your show and I've missed it. Well, shame on you. Um, and you did mention some things to me when we were talking in Oxford, but I forgot. Uh, but what's your agenda for the photo show in March? What are you doing and when? Given the rest of the statement, it seems barely worth me saying it because he's definitely not going to listen or indeed remember when I say it again. But for the benefit <laughs> of anybody who might pay any attention to a word that comes out of my mouth, certainly not my children. Um, Yes, we've got a photography show coming up, as we have talked about ad nauseum, in a month. It's a one month from now. Uh-oh. Um, and although there are going to be fabulous people there every single day that the show is going on, because there's loads of awesome people just there with stores, um, we are going to be there in force on Saturday. Saturday is the day when we're sort of making our main event day, I guess, for the Sunny 16. Um, and... Rachel will be there doing demonstrations with Ilford, and uh, Aid will be there um, lurking. Uh, I will be in the analog zone, just, I don't know, <laughs> lurking with intent. Is that a thing? Um, I'll be doing that. Um, Not a legal thing, but sure. Yeah, well, listen. <laughs> what, what happens in uh, the NEC stays in the NEC. Um, but yeah, I'll be there just chatting with people and catching up and generally um, rubbing shoulders, etc., and probably trying to record some stuff. And then after the show floor has closed at five o'clock, we will be doing a live podcast. Uh, so look forward to that, whatever that uh, ends up being. Um, it's going to be, uh, it's either going to be very exciting or it's going to be a great opportunity to watch a car crash in action. Um, <laughs> so if you can make it for Saturday, it would be lovely to see you all there. Uh, and if you're making travel plans, please do plan to stay for the evening as well. There should be up on the Photography Show website, if it's not up now, then soon, somewhere to actually register to go and see the podcast in the evening. So if you are planning on staying, maybe check to see if that's there. I 
probably should have some slightly more specific information on that, but I don't. Uh, so that's what you get. Um, but as I said, there are going to be great people there uh, all the rest of the time. I know that um, Bill Manning from Studio C41, uh, the um, One Hour Photo podcast, is going to be doing a talk on the analog spotlight stage on monday about um starting a film photography podcast uh th thanks bill <laughs> we because we need more uh i mean we've already got you know these guys eric and vanya coming along just started up and eating everyone's lunch and getting third place in the uh sunny so i don't know what's going on but um so yeah bill will be there on the monday so that'll be great to see and ilford have got i think i saw today that um uh Lena Bestnova is going to be there on Saturday doing a demonstration for Ilford as well. Um, I know that they've got loads of other people lined up as well, but that was just somebody who I saw today, so that would be really cool. Um, loads of fun stuff. Whatever day you're going on, it'll be good. Uh, and, of course, as Yuho mentioned on last week's show, he's going to be there selling buckets of film cameras for very little money. Um, so just come <laughs> for that. If nothing else, come for your buckets of film cameras. Um I'm guessing you guys, because the, the big photo show for you guys is over on the other coast, isn't it, from you two? The, um, the one that happened not that long ago? What's it oh, called? Oh, the one in New York? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. But no, you, we, don't, we don't. No, that's real. I don't know. It's not us. But you have got the, <laughs> you have got the, um, the paideia that the um, darkroom organized, haven't you? That's not far from you, especially, is it, Vanya? No, I think that's in San Diego. I mean, um, so I the, wanted to go, I think it was last year, but it, it would like sold out really quickly. So maybe I'll make it one of these times. What about you, Eric? Could you be dragged down to that? No. Human contacts. Um, no, thank we, you. We were, um, we were Eric talking thinks about... that San Diego doesn't exist. San Diego is not real. It is a fictional city. <laughs> it's not. I watched the documentary about it and I learned that it's named after a whale's vagina. So I know it's real. <laughs> Um, no, okay. I'm pretty sure that's not true. <laughs> okay. Uh, we, we were kicking around the idea of going to Policon, though. Yeah, oh, yeah that would be very Texas. cool. In that was very cool. Where yes. in Texas is it? Um, Austin. Dallas. Oh, Dallas. Austin or Dallas. Houston. It's one of the, it's, it's a city in Texas <laughs> named after it. Okay. <laughs> Find out before you leave. It's quite a big state, so I understand. Yes. We'll just oh. ask around. Okay, Eric, do you want to take this next one from Chris Mina entitled Pan F and Zine Software? This is another good long one. I've planned this very oh, well. I love <laughs> wow, this is. It's like, ah, oh, what a scroll. Okay. <laughs> hey, Sunbeams, I hope this email finds you all super well. Graham, hearing your experience with Pan F and the fading images struck an idea for a project. I'd love to see the photos you got so that I can determine if the idea is viable. Can you send those over? This does seem appropriate for the podcast. Also, with all of the zine talk of late, I thought I could point you in some direction. Serif, the company that produces Affinity Photo, also produces Affinity Publisher and Affinity Designer, which compete with Adobe's InDesign and Illustrator. All of these cost about as much as a pro pack of film, and you get a permanent license compared to Adobe's monthly subscription. I got my licenses over the holidays at a discounted rate thanks to a promotion. I'm using Publisher personally for a project, an alliterative project. Mm -hmm. I'm not ready to speak about just yet. You'll hear about it first, though. Yes, you being scoop. Graham, yes, scoop it. And while there is a bit of a learning curve, I produced a lovely sample of what's to come using it. So 
If you are looking to produce something on the higher end, but are on a budget, I highly recommend Publisher and the rest of Affinity's stuff. I'm in no way affiliated with Serif, but ever since switching from Adobe to Serif, I have stopped paying a monthly fee for Creative Cloud. Another bit of software I'd like to bring atten attention to is Raw Therapy, spelled weirdly. But this, so uh, th uh, this bit of software is super underrated, and it's why I use sorry it's what i use instead of lightroom it's free and open source and worthy of praise i use this to color my digital shots before finishing them in affinity uh he apparently shoots digital in black and white good for you <laughs> you you can also use raw therapy to batch process your scans uh which i have also done there if anyone listening to this has questions or would like feedback on their zine projects, I am also a designer and have designed publications professionally in the past. So feel free to message me on through my website, Twitter, Vero, or IG, and I'll be glad to lend an extra set of eyes. As usual, cheers from New York City. New York City? Oh, <laughs> get the rope. Uh... <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you very yes. much, Chris. Um, some good tips there. So you guys, obviously, Zine Crazy, um, what do you use for make? I, I mean, I'm asking this question. Anybody who's listened to your podcast will know the answer. But in case people haven't, and shame on you, one, but um, what are you using to design and print your publications? Eric? <laughs> I am using mostly GIMP, which is sort of like a low-rent Photoshop. Uh, it is free. And I use it for pretty much anything photo related. You really isn't meant to lay out pages or anything, but I use it for that and it works and it's free and it's pretty good. I have no problems. But if you really want to get like super fancy, there is something called Scribus, which is also free and it is like a desktop publishing thing. So all those things are free and open source and available in Linux, which is what I use, but also in Mac and, and Windows. <laughs> of course you. <laughs> Why am I so not surprised that you use Linux, Eric? <laughs> you know. Linux, the vegan operating system. <laughs> kind of is. Kind it totally is. is. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What about do you, you use, Vanya? Vanya? I use InDesign right now, but... I have used Affinity. Um, I used, I like downloaded their beta um, publisher and have tried it and like it. And I haven't switched yet, but I probably would because it's very, very similar to InDesign. And yes, much cheaper. Is InDesign now, um, is that a monthly fee thing with that? Yeah, it is. And I... Um, I was using my daughter's email, but... <laughs> I was using my daughter. <laughs> edu yeah, like her, you know, education email so I could get like a student discount. But <laughs> I stopped doing that and pay regular price now and it, it, it hurts a little. <laughs> yeah. So here's a question. Um, with, uh, with the Adobe or with Affinity, both of them, are they cost money. Why not look for a free one? And if you don't like it, you don't like it, but you don't lose anything. Yeah, uh, I my... mean, what do you do? You use a paid program, Graham? Yeah, I do. So um, my software, my workflow is I've got uh, Lightroom Five, which was the last one-off purchase Lightroom that they made. Um, so I've been using that now for several years. Um, 
And I was using uh, Photoshop Elephants, um, but then when my hard drive crashed, uh, I lost that and I'd thrown disk away at some point in the past. Like, oh, I don't, you know, Photoshop Elephants is expensive now and I didn't want to get a subscription. So um, I did try GIMP, uh, yeah. but the learning curve is steep. I think, and in the end, what I got was um, Affinity, Affinity Photo, because I had a lot of people recommend that. And it was a one-off cost. Okay. I think it was £50. And I think for me, the the thing that you get with these with the paid-for products, at least the ones that I've tried, that is sometimes absent from the things like GIMP, is user-friendliness. Um, uh, you know, I... I don't have a lot of time to put into learning how to use GIMP and I would need to, I know it's more than powerful enough to do everything I want. I know it's more than capable of it, but I'm an idiot and I need something that is very <laughs> idiot proof that okay. basically has a button that says, hey, idiot, click this button. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's been my experience with it. But, um, yeah, what about you, Vanya? You're paying too, so why didn't you go down? <laughs> why, why aren't you going down Eric's GIMP route? Yeah, it's like creature of habit. I just learned how to use Photoshop. I've learned how to use InDesign and I'm stubborn and I don't want to learn anything else right now. Yes, mm. I've suggested it and therefore it's an automatic no. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good enough reason. That is a good enough reason, Eric. Um, the nice thing is, though, with all these things, I mean, obviously the free things you can just download and try out, but everything has a trial now, and you can just kick the tires on stuff. Because I think you were saying, Vanya, on sure. your podcast, that that's what happened with InDesign. You you tried um, a like trial period of it to, to do one project, really yes. liked it, and went, okay, well, damn it, now I have to keep using this. Yeah, I like learned how how to do it on there, and I was like, okay, I feel comfortable here. I think I can... I think I could work this out. Mm. So I just decided to to get it. So they got me with the trial. But I did finish the zine in the seven-day trial because that was like the goal was to kind of push myself because I noticed, um, I don't know how, how how you do with your projects, but <laughs> I tend to to just like, dis they just kind of disappear for a while. I just don't, you know, like I don't, I don't tend to finish everything in a timely manner, I would say. <laughs> mm. I don't tend to finish anything. <laughs> that's the end of that sentence. That's how I deal with my projects. <laughs> I'm very good at starting them. Now. Um, okay, right. Let's see what's up next. Okay, this is from Ronnie Brandon on the subject of eco-chemicals. Uh, Ronnie writes in, Hey folks, hope you're well. You asked for emails, so I have a question for you. Are you aware of any low-toxicity or eco-friendly fixer available? I found that Nick and Trick can supply eco-friendly film developer, paper developer and stop bath, but I'm having no luck sourcing a fixer. As the planet burns around us, oh, that's cheery, the uh, ecological impact of our hobby is becoming more and more concerning, but I do have another consideration too. This week I've taken the plunge and begun the process of turning the cupboard under the stairs into a dark room. I had to kick Harry Potter out, unfortunately. By beginning oh, the process, Harry. I mean I've bought a bargain priced Durst Enlarger and Kodak Safelight off eBay. Anyway, if you can picture the physical size of an understairs closet, you'll see that naturally I'm worried about ventilation. The space does boast not one but two air bricks and if I open the door and ventilate it every half an hour or so when I'm working in there, I'm hoping that I'll provide enough air circulation. 
Any thoughts on that, gratefully received, but I am reckoning that an odorless, low-tox fixer would really help matters in that regard. Thanks mm. and good light from Ronnie. Okay, guys, any thoughts on this? Um, he has two concerns, not one concern. Uh, the first concern is the environmental impact, and the second concern is the personal impact. Uh, and for the most part, what I have found when things, especially when concerning our hobby, say that they are eco-friendly, it just means that there is a sticker on the bottle that says eco-friendly. And that's kind of it. Uh, they don't, they aren't, I mean, there's not much you can really do to any of this stuff to make it quote unquote eco friendly, eco friendly. Uh, I don't, I don't think that our hobby is large enough to impact it that much, especially if you take it as like a, a on a whole. Whereas if you're, say you want to shoot digital, well, that's new stuff all of, all the time. And so you're, and like, you know, you're, you're buying all this new gear, uh, constantly, you know, new, new lenses, new, new, uh, cameras. And so that's, that's a big economic or a big uh, environmental impact there. But with our hobby, we're buying mostly used stuff. So that's, there's really no carbon footprint buying, buying used. So the little bit that our chemicals, uh, a little bit that our chemicals kind of add to pollution and, and environmental impact, I think is negligible. That said, there are things you can do as far as disposal goes that uh, is better. And a lot of camera stores can help you with that. As far as the personal impact goes, um, I don't know what would be toxic in Fixer that would be airborne. I'm not sure that that's a problem. I but if it is, the smell, just get a respirator. It? What's that? The smell that can become overpowering for people. Uh, then get a respirator. Yeah, like that's what I was going to say, a like a, a little air mask, you know? Yeah, yeah. The issue, the, the big issue would be when you are adding a stop to developer that would be the biggest worry because that can release some pretty nasty things if you're not uh, if you're if you're if you're if you're if you're using an acid stop if you're just using water it's not an issue at all mm. uh basically don't just assume things are are economically or sorry <laughs> don't just assume things are ecologically bad or bad for you uh read up on it yeah. You know, find the MSDS sheets on these things and see like how bad these things are and learn a little bit about it to see like what you can get away with. Uh, but yeah, mostly just a mask. Just wear a mask. Yeah, I've just been having a quick look um, at sort of homebrew things for Fixer because, you know, obviously with developer, you can go down the whole caffeinol route and all of that. Sure, um, absolutely. It does seem like the key ingredient in uh fixer at least in the homebrew stuff is this some sodium thiosulfate um which yeah. isn't you know you don't want to drink uh, much of it <laughs> i googled can no, you drink it no. this is just me just google can you drink it um and it says you know it is not a it is not a kind of beverage you would like to drink it um so they don't, don't drink it but i think the bigger problem with fixer with regards to the environment is of course the whole point of fixer is that it takes silver out yes. of the film uh, and then it holds that and um, silver because silver is an antibacterial a natural antibacterial when it's introduced into um, uh, ecosystems it's going to kill off bacteria which is not always what you want um, especially no. if you've got like a home um, 
uh, sewage treatment thing, and you know that can cause problems then. Um, so yes, yeah, safe disposal of it is thing. But um, yeah, I completely agree with what you were saying, Eric. You you have to get things in um, perspective. Here's an interesting thing about Fixer that I saw today. So um, I don't have always the best habits with dealing with chemicals so at one point i went oh i've got some fixer here and it's spent um what should i do with it i'll just tip it into this jug uh, and put it on the side and deal with it later so anyway two years later i went to move that jug <laughs> and all the water had gone and there were just these really cool crystals of uh, whatever oh, was left yeah. um and I shared a picture on uh, Twitter. Oh, look at these cool crystals! And they, you know, they were like proper crystals, made proper crystals in the bottom of this dried-up jug. Um, so I left that on the cupboard. <laughs> Obviously, did nothing wrong with that. Then I happened to pick that jug up today, and um, there is moisture in the bottom of there now. The crystals are kind of mushed up, and there's moisture in the bottom. I was like, is water getting in here into the shed? Because this is where it's in. Is there moisture, uh, water dripping into it? And there's not. It's obviously. I say obviously, it must be having some sort of hygroscopic effect where it's drawing in moisture towards it. And uh, anyway, so yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So write and then tell me why that's happening. <laughs> My ongoing, what happens to Fixer when you leave it for at this point? I think three years in the junk. <laughs> Everybody should get on that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but no, a, a great advice there. And yeah, a, a safe disposal of these things is probably the most important thing if you're worried about it dispose of them safely but yeah the, i don't think the chemicals yeah. in fixer are a big problem it's the silver that is more of an issue it is um do you do either of you guys have uh, are you in areas where you have to be particularly careful with disposing of, um are there any sort of particular regulations where you are or is it not too bad i think uh... at this point nobody really considers like 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 home developing photochemicals yeah at this point i don't think it's even a, a thought it's just not enough volume is there no, 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 no. There's a there's a college nearby, and um, they have this big container of uh, fixer, like used fixer. And I was taking a, using their dark room. I was taking a class there, so I would like bring in my chemical, uh, my my fixer, and just you know add it to it. So they just take that, like a company takes that, mm. and extracts the silver out of it, and does something. I don't know, but. Um, now I just wait, like they have an annual, like chemical drop off, mm -hmm. uh, if I have anything and then I just, you know, drop off my, whatever products that I need to dispose of. Yeah. That sounds ideal. Um, tell you what, Eric, cause I've given you the two long ones. I'll take this long one <laughs> I'll, I'll take <laughs> oh, that. Uh, sure. from, yeah, from Jeremy also, cause it's relating to stuff in Oxford, so it's, it's, um, names I'll have a better job. Um, and this is from our good friend Jeremy North, uh, who you were telling me has uprated your uh, iTunes rating. So uh, everyone's good friends. That's <laughs> true. Yes, you went from two to four star podcasts. You are making waves, Eric. Uh, <laughs> I think it's. We'll get that extra star soon. We'll do it. You'll do it. Yeah, listen, keep working on it. Um, Jeremy writes in Dear Graham, I'd hoped to write to you in time for last week's backing paper, but stuff may or may not have happened. Actually, I probably just wasted the time instead. So I have to make up for last time to give you feedback on the Oxford photo walk before it's too late. Yes, <laughs> past a certain point. No! <laughs> we accept no more feedback. I want to thank you and NASA for what was a brilliant day out. The city looked amazing and I never realised that there was such a variety of places from the stunning old university buildings to the canal and terraced houses of Jericho. Thanks NASA for a great route. 
as you said, the weather was perfect and to be part of a group of such lovely people was such a privilege and a pleasure. Everyone obviously had a great time and I so enjoyed chatting with quite a number in the group, some of whom I had not met before. In addition of young, uh, sorry, the addition of young local talent was a wonderful part of the success of the day. Who could have known that there's such a vibrant group of film photographers? <laughs> I'm just making my own words now. Film users in the area. Regarding the Oxford contingent, I totally get your man crush on Jasper. Pronounced Jasper, by the way. He's from Berlin. Whoops. Sorry, Jasper. Oh, sorry, sorry, Jasper. He could have pointed it out to me on the day. Um, his ability to keep count of a moving throng was impressive, as well as all the other things you mentioned. I've seen some of the pictures he took, and they are really good. There's a lovely one of your good self, as well as a couple of the delightful Sioux. She seems really taken by the new experience of shooting with film. It was lovely how you gave her that camera and patiently showed her how to use it. I probably showed her wrong. Jasper assured me that they'll try to keep her enthused by doing some darkroom work, so I'm sure NASA will be involved there too. It was great to meet your young friend Rory, who's a blast of fresh air and doing so much. The fashion thing he does is an amazing achievement. Of course, it was great to see those who travelled from afar. Paul, Simon, Jimmy, Sean, and especially Fraser, to whom I was especially grateful for giving me a lift, going out of his way to do so. There were others too, but I don't remember everyone's name. <laughs> Sorry about that. It was also very handy that our friend John Whitmore wore a bright blue jacket, so he never got lost. Just look for the big man, and there the group was. For days afterwards, I went over, in my mind, the various highlights of the day. It helped me through what was a pretty crap week of weather and the altercation I had with that cement mixer. The black eye is a lot better now. All in all... Is the cement mixer a guy? <laughs> no, it's a guy that mixes cement and Jeremy crossed him. No, I believe it was a machine, but I, gotcha. I may have misread that situation. Um, we, we, let's face it, you can certainly see, a, certainly see a, a situation arising where somebody who is mixing cement might punch Jeremy in the eye. Um, all <laughs> well, it's all, a possibility. It I is a know. possibility. <laughs> it is a possibility. <laughs> all in all, what a community. Thanks again, GJ. You certainly deserve the appellation someone called you a couple of weeks ago, the Supremes. Uh, <laughs> love also to Aid and Rach from Jeremy. Thank you very much, Jeremy. Um, yeah, we had a great time. And uh, yes, Jasper, I'm going to pronounce that correctly from now on. Um, he did share. I was hoping he'd send the pictures in this week, but he hasn't um, because I want those pictures. But he did share with me a couple of pictures he took of myself on the photo walk. And it's really nice. I don't know whether you guys feel this. It's so nice when um, you get a, a picture someone's taken of you and you go, oh, I really like that picture. <laughs> it doesn't happen very often, um, especially on things like photo walks. 99% of the pictures that I see that people have grabbed of me whilst we're out and about seem to be with my mouth wide open with me gesturing wildly looking like a maniac um, <laughs> so yeah about yeah. that um, but these uh, admittedly he did sort of ask me to take two pose for him or to stand for him and take them but they're really lovely pictures so um, thank you very much for that yes but do you, where are you on this do you like having your picture taken and do you like seeing nice pictures of yourself when taken by competent people <laughs> me yeah uh, you Vanya's know no, somebody else in yes. the room <laughs> you know what that's interesting i i kind of don't like getting my picture taken um, that is not true what 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 did you say <laughs> i said huh <laughs> <laughs> no i i don't know i don't really get my picture taken a lot i take the pictures so 
it's it's rare. Um, but you I did still some have... modeling recently for somebody. Yeah, doing I still haven't seen those pictures. She's kind of holding them for I think a show, which. <laughs> but wait, little... you have seen them? No. I've seen them. No, those were the digital ones. They weren't the ones she took with the Hasselblad. Oh, oh I don't know. Go on. <laughs> did you look? Did, were you happy with the digital ones? Yeah. Well, there yeah. you go. You'll be even happier with the Hasselblad ones. Happy Hasselblads make everyone look twenty-five percent prettier. That's just a fact. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fact, Vanya. It's because it captures things more accurately than digital does. Therefore, it will make you look twenty-five percent more pretty. Guaranteed. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Well, I, I feel like asking you this question is pretty redundant, Derek. But how do you feel about getting your photo taken? I, I mean, honestly, I don't know. Um, <laughs> no one's ever taken it, Vanya. No, I mean, it, when it's you're so out in Nebraska, you need to take this picture. Oh, that's my plan. That's absolutely yes. part of that's part of the deal. Is I I want to photograph him setting a shot up, basically. So mm-hmm. we actually have a whole yeah, we actually have a whole project kind of built around not that specifically but that's incorporated into it yeah yes. it's nice though and it's one of those things that it um it's a good reminder that because i think something and we've talked about this with regards to street photography in the past Derek, but you know not specifically that you know i think sometimes when you're a photographer you can feel like oh when i'm taking someone's picture i'm taking their they're letting me take their picture and it's kind of a one-way thing but um when you can say to somebody oh look here's a picture i took of you and and it's a nice picture. That's lovely for them too. People like oh, seeing yeah. good pictures of themselves. Um, yeah, I'm I'm sure. I'm sure. I I still I'm under the impression that when someone takes your picture, they steal your soul. <laughs> so I'm a little I'm a little leery on it. <laughs> I've taken your picture before, Eric. Oh, that's where it's gone. That's, that's where yeah, your soul that explains gone. so much. <laughs> <laughs> so you have no soul. Yeah. And it's true. Yeah. Have well, you ever seen me try to dance to you know anything? No, no soul. <laughs> None. It was when you. Uh, I I don't know whether you've ever been. I know you haven't, Eric. It's not your bag really. But um, I don't know whether you've ever been on a kind of a photo walk kind of thing, Vanya. But taking pictures of the other photographers there very much a large part of it. Um, Paul Bullock, who was at our photo walk, shared a really cracking picture on Instagram today actually, and it was this lovely cascade. So he took a picture of somebody taking a picture of somebody taking a picture of me who was taking a picture from the other window. <laughs> I was looking out the window going, where was out there? Um, so there's like this chain of photographs going around that ends in me. Um, so that's pretty fun. Uh, but yeah, that is a, a group walk thing. I definitely could see myself just not even shooting the landscape. I would probably just be taking pictures of people taking pictures. <laughs> it's fun. People are fun. Landscapes are all right, but yes. people are fun. Um, okay, Eric, do you want to take this last one for me from Dennis? I would love to. Dear Sonnies, thank you for acknowledging Niagara Falls as being of New York, the state, not city. People from the entire rest of the state kind of resent the confusion that naturally arises when you can't come up with the different names for different things. <sighs> as if that isn't bad enough. There are actually two different Niagara Falls's <laughs> and, and two different Hobbitses. Uh, there is Niagara Falls, New York. New York is the 
uh, a, NY. NY is the abbreviation for New York State that all Americans know and smugly presume that everyone else in the world ought to know, or at least this is really bitter. <laughs> and I Niagara like Falls, Ontario, Canada. Ontario is, a, is the province Niagara Falls is located in. Americans naturally think that is a silly word and wonder why Canadians just, just don't call it a state <laughs> like everyone, everybody else. <laughs> I well okay I won't go into the reason for that but anyway it turns out that Americans have to share Niagara Falls with Canada it might not surprise you to learn that this sharing is a thing of great annoyance to Americans <laughs> <laughs> it certainly surprises me as an American uh, the Canadians you see got a much cooler part of Niagara Falls this is true it's shaped like a horseshoe it gets bigger rainbows and doesn't look like water running into a pile of rubble <laughs> I've attached a picture to look at, uh, I'm sorry, I've attached a picture I took of the American side just the other day to show you America's rubble. Um, (laughs) Notice that there are stairs and walkways through the rubble. Only a fool would take those walkways now in the dead of winter. But Americans have learned to extract large sums of money from tourists to do just that for the rest of the year. To, com- be, to be completely honest with you, it's mostly fools then, too. Uh, a lot of water ends up on the walkways, and many a camera has been destroyed in the completely avoidable rushing water. <laughs> so I've put the picture just below, and it gives the information there, too. Okay. Uh, the, this picture, which I'm assuming will be in the show notes. Oh, this is this from the American side? Yes. I kind of like. Okay. Um, I've been to the I've been to both sides, um, and yes, the Canadian side is 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 better. And I remember being as a kid incredibly disappointed in the American side, and that's a disappointment that I've carried through to other parts of my life being an American. <laughs> uh, Polaroid Pathfinder uh, 110A converted to shoot four by five was what this picture was taken with, and he used Ilford HP5 and developed it in HC110B for five minutes at 68 degrees. And yes, that is, uh, yes, that's a short time. It is a really short time. I think isn't, um, I usually do six minutes for that, but whatever. Um, (laughs) He has a PS that says, it's kind of sad that Niagara Falls, New York, can't even get an original first or last name, especially after getting the crappy side (laughs) of the falls. (laughs) It would be interesting if, if we did have a different name for the falls. On the American side, like in America, we call that Freedom Falls. Falls. Freedom <laughs> Falls. Oh, God, yes. Freedom, Freedom Falls. Falls. That would be it. <laughs> and the Canadians would call it Better and Free Healthcare Falls. <laughs> yes. Yep. Probably. It is true. It is true. It's a, it's a lovely picture. It's a lovely picture. Um, oh, it is. Yeah. Of the less impressive part of the falls. I did, <laughs> um, but yeah, I can see what's being said about the pile of rubble kind of thing. I, I love the idea of um, the Polaroid Pathfinder 110A converted to shoot 4x5 because um, those those cameras have been uh, not usable in their original form for decades and decades because these oh, yeah. they yeah. were a, a old pre-pack film roll film instant camera weren't they? They were they're the ones that you like you sprinkled a little bit of like powder over the prints when you're <laughs> done with them. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Um, because you've you've recently got your Polaroid converted, haven't you, to shoot um one twenty? Uh, yeah, 
How's that going? That is a touchy, is a touchy subject right now. It yes. is. <laughs> oh, it continues to be a touchy subject. I love this. I Again, for listeners, and if you don't listen, you really should, but um, on a recent episode, Eric was talking about his Polaroid 250 land camera. Is it 250? It is a 250. Yep, the um, best camera they ever produced. The best camera they ever made. Uh, and there's a gentleman who's converting these to use, because it's a, obviously a pack film camera, and, and sadly, since pack film has gone away, um, they are basically useless now. And there's a gentleman who's converting these to use 120 film, which is fantastic and not easy. It is. Um, no, not easy. Absolutely. Not easy. And Eric got his done at you know, not, not huge expense, but also not small expense. And it was his camera. I would say a huge expense. I would say a huge expense. Okay, um, and uh, and it kind of didn't work very well, and um, it was all very kind of not great. Um, so then he sent it back, and what I loved is I even did. after it let you down terribly, you were like, "But it's going to come back, and it's going to be great, and I'm going to be super happy, and this is going to be my favourite camera forever, and we're going to be best friends till I die." How's that <laughs> yes. panning out? Well, I got the camera back. Uh huh. Are you best friends till you die? Well. Dying is certainly part of it, um, <laughs> but only on the inside. It does have uh, some some new light leaks that it did not have before. Oh, cool! Fresh um, light leaks. The uh, the guy who who did it and I are in discussions now as to why there are light leaks. And it's the light um, I think in. I'm the light is getting. We both do agree with that with that that there is light getting in. Yes. Um, I think I figured it out. And uh, we'll see where we go from there. Sounds fun. I do think it's a good idea, and I want to see him succeed. I'm, I'm, I'm really not like trying to be a jerk. I really want to see him succeed with this. Cause I think it's a really awesome idea. Yeah, yeah. Uh, are you? Yes, it's a difficult thing. It, and it I, I, and as with all these things, uh, I'm, I don't mean to crap on this guy at all. Uh, I think if he can get the process down and make it work, that would be fantastic. But you know, you are, you are kind of beta testing this thing as you go through. So <laughs> I am. Yes. You know, yes. just but persevere, load up with some Cat Labs film, you'll be off to the races. <laughs> oh, we've I've, yeah, I've had more discussions with Cat Labs as well. So. <laughs> the you replacement know. film that they sent me to replace the film that was really crap is equally crap. <laughs> and they are denying that they have ever seen the crap film happen before, which is really random and unbelievable. So F them. <laughs> it's all going very very well you're having a good year i'm having some eye. very bad camera luck so far this year this yeah. is why i don't shoot in the stop winter. buying cameras <laughs> this is why i don't shoot in the winter though yeah maybe that's what it is maybe just the yeah. wrong time of year for these shooting Mar- wrong time of year for yeah well that does it for both emails and, and eric's rants at the world well maybe i mean who knows maybe he's got more to come we'll find oh, out. I've, oh i've got more um thank you so much everybody i mean we said last week that we you know we had one email last week and this week what a fantastic smorgasbord of emails of great great quality thank you so much everyone please do keep them coming in um so i can find long emails to make people read that on me um that's always good i've got a few things uh, that we need to turn our attention to the first thing is and i've got the perfect people on to talk to you about this I got, uh, after our email last week, um, Ian Turpin very kindly sent me a copy of the zine that he was talking about. So as he mentioned in his uh, letter last week, um, he made a zine. It's called 13 Seconds. And the title comes from the fact that there are 13 pictures and each one of those pictures was taken with a one second exposure uh, for intentional camera movement. 
Um, and when I heard about this, I thought, oh, that sounds right up my street. And unsurprisingly, it is right up my street because these are some great, moody, blurry pictures um, that uh, you know, you completely abstract for the most part. Um, some of them you can kind of go, okay, yes, that's a, a street scene and those are probably people there and you know, get a feel for the mood, but it leaves a lot of room for your imagination to build the scene. And um, and I really like the very simple way Ian set it out. Um, every sort of double spread on the left-hand side is a title and on the right-hand side is the picture, uh, which you know just prompts you to think about what it is, even if it's like there's a picture, uh, the title, or that is relentless. And I have no idea <laughs> what the original subject was, but it, it looks cool. Um, have either of you guys seen this scene? Because I know you do zine reviews and you see a lot of zines. Is this one you guys have seen? Is this a scene zine? No, this I haven't is not seen a scene this one scene. yet. No. I want to see it, though. Yeah, I like the idea a lot. Where is it? Is it available? I think so, yeah. I, I know Ian, Ian T on um, Instagram and Twitter. Um, okay. So in CTW, I think I'll I'll put the link in the show notes. He says uh, this is getting less likely to remember, but I will. But it's, it's it's really cool if you like abstract and blurry and stuff like that. If you don't, move on. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I do. Um, I said you you do a zine swap, don't you? So people send in zines to you, and then you send them your zines back. Uh, how many are you getting through at the moment? Are you getting a lot come in? We need more. Yeah, I More think we're like zines. running low right now. We are running low. Yeah, yeah. I don't I think I have. I have one to review uh, coming up, and I don't think you have any. I don't. So where should people be sending zines to get you guys to look at them? Because Eric and Vanya, you know, they make a lot of zines, and they love seeing other people's zines. So where should be sending them? Well, um, contact either of us on Instagram is probably yeah. the easiest way. Uh, just just, just yeah. message us at allthroughlens.podcast on on Instagram. There you go. Do that. Have you got any particular favorites from the last few months? Yes, I really liked the um, I Can't Stand Pickles 3D zine that he did with his uh, Kodak stereo camera. Yeah, that, that was, was pretty really rad. fun. It came with like 3D glasses. It, it's just really unique and smart. I, I Very cool. Very cool zine. That sounds awesome. That sounds awesome. I really dig uh, Karen's. Uh, yeah, roller the roller scene. derby one. Oh God! I mean, I love roller derby. It's really the only sport that I follow, and that she is a roller derby film photographer and just an awesome person all around. Mm-hmm. Can just confirm. We, Karen yes. came to our photo walk, so I've got to meet Karen in person. And so, oh, you know, who, so wants, cool. who wants to touch me? Um, yeah, and Karen is <laughs> every bit as lovely as you would imagine from talking to her. She's an absolute delight. Um, Aww. So yeah. That was a real treat. And I'm hoping, because I said to her, look, you know, if you're going to come to this thing, you need to let me know where there's some roller derby going on. And apparently there's some going on in Oxford uh, in June. So I'm hoping I, I might go. I might, I'm going to, I want to go and see this because I've never been, never been. Oh, to oh you have to. It's so amazing. Life changing. Um, I mean, it can be if you get, if, you, if it really strikes you. It's totally changed my life. I, I love it. <laughs> How has it changed your life? Um, it, it, well, <laughs> I got really <laughs> NFL. I was really into NFL football, uh-huh. and the the politics of it, and then with like and how they just don't, they don't really care about the injuries that the players have or anything like that. It really just put me off. And I was like, well, I like I'm not a big sports person, but I liked following that. And I was like, I wish I had like a sports 
like program or whatever that I could get into that I agreed with the politics of and I agreed with the play of and it just in that they cared about the fans and cared about the players. And then I was introduced to roller derby and it was all of those things. It's, it's extremely leftist um, and just open and caring and wonderful about all the players and all the fans. And it just, it really hit me right, right in the, you know, right in the heart that I, I really do have. <laughs> and it in the was, box. it just showed me that sports doesn't the have, yeah. It just showed me that sports doesn't have to be all about like dudes basically. Like no. dudes and like like aggro dudes. No, mm-hmm. that sounds awesome. I really want to go and see this. I need to. Yeah. I need to get myself organized and make that happen. Um, you do. Cool beans. Okay. Uh, what else we got to talk about? Okay, you guys have got something quite exciting coming up. So anybody who's been listening to your recent dev parties will know that you've been running tests on a film. Um, talk to us about what's going on with this film. Yes, we are. (laughs) We uh, have some very low ISO film. It's Tasma McRat 200, and we have rebranded it to our own, and we're calling it the Slow Meow. Uh, You'll be. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Of course it is. (laughs) Yes, you even get Juniper on the logo. It's really, really cool. Yeah, it's awesome. So uh, we are officially selling them i think we um got that uh up today on eric's etsy site so if you're interested in shooting some really amazing uh low iso film definitely go um over to his etsy page i think there's probably a link in his instagram to get there there's a link in the uh in the podcast instagram Oh, perfect. Yay. Are you going to give me a link here, right? So I can put a link in the show notes as well? I will absolutely do that. (laughs) That would be lovely. Okay, so slow slow film. So what ISO did you decide? Because you've been doing testing. What ISO have you found is the best? 12. 12. Oh, it's my favorite. It's my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. I knew you'd like that. Yeah, love it. Absolutely love it. Yeah, a whole dozen ISO. Um, Because, as I said, listening to you guys... uh, over the last few weeks on the dev parties you you the experimenting took a while to kind of nail down so um 12 iso what did you find worked best for developed work is this hc 110 we were trying it with rodanol and hc 110 and yes. do you have do you have a preference vanya uh no actually i don't but I don't i've either. been using my hc 110 right now yeah yes i uh, Yes, I've been using both. And there is no fog that I've noticed with using Rotanol with this. So that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can, you can also stand develop it in both of those. And that seems fine as well. Yep. That's awesome. Well, so we'll put the show notes in for Eric's um, Etsy shop. And you can go there. Uh, and the nice thing is that you've got some really good um, pictures to go with it to show off the film. Um, what- that is true. What, how would you describe its characteristics for people who can't bother to click on things and look? We, I know that both of us are so bad at describing what film looks like. <laughs> I think so. I think a lot of it's like wine tasting where you just say a bunch of words and people nod along like they know what you're talking about. Yeah, kind of. I mean, basic, what, like zero grain. There's zero Very grain. Co- it's, yeah. you know, it's got really interesting contrast to it. It's just neat. Ugh. Yeah. And if you shoot it at 25 on a sunny day, it really darkens everything. Like your blacks are super black. 
it's well, a lot of fun man that's cool everyone should go and check that out um and uh, <laughs> i just looked oh you got a review for it already and it says this is an emotionally charged account of solitude I went well hang on a second this is a roller film but no it turns out that that's <laughs> something else that you've got going on the reviews don't Wait. necessarily refer to the thing that's on the page emotionally um, <laughs> charged view of solitude what is someone saying that about, about it's from one of your conspiracy of cartographers uh zines yes wow um, funny um, my god that sounds yeah. depressing <laughs> um uh, but yeah go and check it out because like i said the pictures look really nice and the film looks interesting uh I'm, I'm not generally a super well i say i'm not i've never really tried shooting super low iso film so i need to give it a go um but the packaging alone is worth a look because as you mentioned it's got a picture of juniper on um which is the same picture i've got on my t-shirt of juniper which is one i love so oh, <laughs> if that's not a ringing endorsement wonderful. i don't know what is um <laughs> The other thing that you've got going on, Eric, is that um, in a very uh, Walter White sort of way, you're starting to um, start selling dodgy chemicals in the back of a van. Is that right? <laughs> Did I read uh, that right? Yeah, basically. Yes. Um, I got about a couple of years ago, uh, someone turned me on to a recipe for ECN2. ECN2 is the color chemicals that is that are used to develop motion picture film, but you can also use them to develop C41 film. And what that does is it really pumps the saturation to the point where you kind of have to notch down the saturation a little bit. <laughs> but it made, Ver this is where it comes from Vericolor 3, which is an old Kodak stock. I was shooting this rolls and rolls of it, and it was all kinds of blue and ugly. And then I developed it in ECN2, and it was all vibrant and like oranges and, and like a full color. Like, oh my God, this is amazing stuff. This is magic. And I realized it wasn't magic, it was science. So, <laughs> disappointing. I was thrilled. And so, I, like, this is gonna be easy to do. So, I looked up where to get all these chemicals. I'm like, okay, I've gotta buy a lot of chemicals to make this work, to make it cost effective. And so, I've bought a lot of chemicals and I went through all of those just using it. And I decided, like, well, I don't, if, I buy, if I buy a lot of chemicals again, I need to kind of break even on this. So, um, that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing. It's, it's, not, it's not quite capitalism. I'm breaking even. So, I'm <laughs> gonna be making little kits of these chemicals and selling them. And it's not gonna be fancy. It's not going to be, I mean, there'll be like a picture of Juniper on it, <laughs> yeah. but it's not going to be like any <laughs> more fancy than a picture of my cat. <laughs> and there'll be instructions on how to, how, to, how to mix it yourself and how to develop it and some tips if I have any of those. And, and yeah, I mean, basically that. Um, those will be available after we have a dev party where we talk about it. So about a week, probably. That sounds A little cool. over a week. Yeah. Uh, are these going to be liquid kits or powder kits? Oh, powder. And it will probably only be available in, in the U.S. because I think mailing things like potassium ferrous. No, I think your powder you're fine. I think dry stuff you're Are you? fine. Yeah, I think it's really? liquid. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I will look into that. It's possible I can ship overseas. And if I can, I will. But if I have to like mark it as like corrosive or something like that, I don't I don't know from that. So Eric, we'll oxygen see what is corrosive. Nobody but markets the air in their packet as corrosive. Just don't be a big baby. Um, so, uh, like I said, we'll put a link to Eric's store in the show notes, as well as the film and the soon to be available EC two N kits, which um, ECN two EC yeah ECN ECN two yes. Um, which sounds super interesting because I've got a load of <laughs> movie film to develop, as well as just color film, as mentioned earlier. Um, you've also got loads of zines on there including um oh your combo God. zine that you guys did together f yeah we yes. do 
which is yes. vulgar. Um, is we don't go for that kind of potty talk on this show. Uh, or you could also <laughs> just get yourself a Frodo Lives T-shirt in uh, what language is that? Elvish, I'm going to guess. It is, it is, yeah, it is, it is, uh, um, it is Sindarin. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, so that's pretty great. <laughs> Uh, all of this stuff is available in Eric's store so do go there and check it out Um, and of course as we've said many many times if you don't already do go and give the All Through a Lens podcast a listen because it is fantastic and it is different from really any other film photography related podcast out there um, because you guys put in a huge amount of effort which is already quite a large (laughs) point of difference from most of us Um, but (laughs) Um, it's a very produced show. You do you tend to have particular subjects that you're focused on each week. It's very prepared. It's very insightful. Lots of great information. And um, people should definitely be following you on Instagram as well, which I guess it's just all through a lens on Instagram. All through a lens dot podcast. Some bastard took all through a lens from us before we could get it. <laughs> oh, that's a sad thing. Um, because every week you on your podcast, you put out a question to the masses uh, and invite people to call in. You have call ins on your show. People can leave a message through Instagram uh, and hear their voices on your show. Fame and glory. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Instant fame. Instant fame. Once you have been played on the All Through Alliance podcast, people will recognize you in the street just from your voice. They'll know. They'll know. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's very cool. So please, uh, like I said, I think most people who listen to this probably do check it out. Um, but if you don't, do go and give it a listen because it's great. And as you know from listening to this evening, very confined, you're a wonderful people. Just the best. We're okay. Aww. Yeah, we're all right. <laughs> yeah. We do okay. Well, you're all right. Vanya's the best, though. It's great. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Um, anything else guys that you want to let the listeners know about before we get out of here uh vanya also has a zine that you can get through her etsy shop oh we need a link for your etsy shop as well then vanya yes and it's a (laughs) wonderful it's a portrait zine of of uh mostly surfers it's really good stuff yeah what's that called beach portraits uh it's just called portraits it's just my portrait zine i um uh basically a collection of portraits i've taken over the past maybe like five years that sounds fantastic well there'll be a link to the show notes to that too and um, anybody who's been inspired recently by all the zine talk that we've been having on our show you guys have been doing um your sort of how-to of how you go about making zines of which you make many um especially you eric (laughs) Uh, you have zine diarrhea um zineria um uh, yeah i'm sure something like that um but no you make a lot of zines and they are great zines which is why you won zine of the year at the sunnies i don't think it's any surprise um (laughs) no it is it is quantity over quality absolutely that is not true it is both quantity and quality which is quite (laughs) an achievement um but yes on your podcast recently you've been talking about how you guys go about it so well worth listening to anybody who is in the process of or thinking of going through all this stuff um well i guess that about does it then for us right i think so um on the sunny 16 podcast this week we will be judging the uh cheap shots challenge christmas round because it's middle of february now so when better time (laughs) to look at a load of black and white christmas photographs um i think we've nailed that so that should be great fun really looking forward to that um and getting adam on to cast his shitty camera eye over all of those pictures um what show have you got guys coming out this week is it a a dev tank week or is it a dev tank dev party week or is it uh, an all through a lens week for you guys 
It's all through uh, a lens. It is all through a lens. Yeah. Uh, we will be discussing, among other things, uh, the three-strip color process on how da, they made da, color pictures. Da, bef- da, da, da. <laughs> <laughs> we made no stripper jokes in that whole episode. What, what a waste. You Why do we even do this? You need to send your scripts over to me to punch them up before <laughs> Uh, it, it it talks about color photography before the event, the invention of color film. That's awesome. That's really cool. I, I've seen David Allen do some stuff using um, that that technique, and I find it just absolutely fascinating. The whole idea of it. Yes. Uh, and who are you talking to on this week's show? Or is it a secret? <laughs> is it, a, it secret? Is a secret? I, if it's a secret, tell I me don't anyway. Know, is it? There are no secrets. Oh, that'd be on up this to show. you. You're you're more intimately related that, to this person <laughs> than I. Oh. Uh. Actually, we called in my daughter to oh, talk about awesome. photography. Yeah. That's fantastic. That's because fa- yeah. I, I did enjoy on your last point when you were talking about wanting to go out and shoot with her in the future. I was like, oh, this is turning into a catch in the cradle moment. <laughs> this is going great. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but heartbreak coming up. <laughs> heartbreak around the corner. Um, no, that's awesome. Well, I I will be looking forward to that this week. Um, right, let's get out of here before this gets any more. Oh, we can't get out of here. Oh my god, no, no yet. I nearly did it for Rachel there. We can't get out of here, can we? Because where Rachel we... has possessed you. She did. I was inspired by Rips. So we have got our wonderful coffee donors. Um, uh, let's see, hang on a second. And uh, Eric has helped me, he's got the uh. He's got the North American branch of uh, the researchers' information there. So, um, Vanya, who are we saying? Uh, who are we uh, in the Valentine spirit, which we've just had? Who are we paying compliments to this week? All right. Well, first is Ian Turpin. Okay, Ian Turpin dresses like a Greek hero of old, by which I mean he mostly goes out with a sheet tied around him, and for special occasions, you'll find him running buck naked down the street. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> All right. Uh, second, we have John Whitmore. Uh, everyone, anybody who knows John Whitmore knows this, but it has to be said, and it cannot be said enough, that John Whitmore's eyes are so beautiful that you can't stop looking at them unless he looks back at you. Then it's just weird, so stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is very, very true. Uh, also, uh, if if he does look back at you, you might turn to stone. So beware of John Whitmore's eyes. This, this Greek <laughs> thing is just going. <laughs> All right, we have uh, Malcolm Myers. Uh, Malcolm Myers is a wonderful cook, uh, and he's the proud holder of three Michelin stars. Michelin? Michelin. Uh, which he got for his ability to change a tyre whilst making ratatouille in a hubcap. <laughs> Wonderful. It's a rare quality to have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. There's uh, David Allen. David Allen is like an elevator ride <laughs> filled with sleepy kittens. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, it sounds dream. It, it sounds dreamy. It sounds Doesn't dreamy. It though? Which? Oh. Uh, I love that. I'm like I'm like lost in that right now. Yeah. It's very different from being trapped on an elevator full of cats. <laughs> Just oh, it is a totally cats. different thing. No, sleepy kittens. Oh, so yes. sleepy. So sleepy. They can't right. even keep their eyes open. Just like, <laughs> just so little pink mouths. Just like, oh, it's so cute. Oh, my God. Nope. Eric's having oh. a moment, everyone. Yes, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> All right, go on without me. I'll be here for a while. Okay. Uh, we have Jeremy North. Since his tangle earlier this week with a cement mixer, Jeremy has the sexy dark eyes of a panda. 
<laughs> Unfortunately, he's now also got the sex drive of a panda too, uh, and no matter how much bamboo his keepers feed him, he's just not interested. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, I have to go back to the sleepy kitten elevator for a <laughs> Oh my goodness. Okay, lastly we have Jeff Greenstein. <sighs> Jeff Greenstein's ankles are so amazing that no matter how much you work out, you will never, ever, ever have ankles as nice as his, so stop trying. (laughs) (laughs) It's good advice. It's good advice. That's why he always wears those, um, was it yacht shorts? Yacht, what are they called? Those ones that, like, trousers that don't go all the way down. Shants? (laughs) Shants? Short pants. Shants. Were they short, no. long pants? I don't know. I listen, ask me anything about fashion. <laughs> or don't. <laughs> but, I mean, listen, I might not know about fashion, but I do know Jeff, Jeff Greenstein does have very shapely ankles. Um, the best. So <laughs> His ankles are like an elevator full of sleeping kittens. <laughs> I think that might have stretched the analogy a little. But, you know, hey, listen whatever works i think we've had a little bit too much of a look into eric's um, secret fantasy life there with his sleepy kitten elevator (laughs) sleepy they just can't keep their heads up and they just fall asleep i think that that, i think we need to give eric a bit of quiet time (laughs) i think so i think so um eric vanya thank you so much for joining me this week it is a delight catching up with you Oh, oh thank you for having us Oh, yes, thank, thank you. you for dragging you on at short notice. Um, <laughs> uh, until next week, listeners, we will play you out as always with remortgaging, well, nearly remortgaging <laughs> the nest of hairs by the wonderful band Schnauzer. And you can find their stuff on Bandcamp and Spotify and elsewhere, I'm sure. Um, uh, and until next week, have a lovely week, everyone. Okay. Sounds like a good idea. I mean, Let's really. do that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Lovely week for everybody. <laughs> <laughs>